In the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo, on the Rwandan border, boils the world's largest lava lake. On the 17th of January 2002, an eruption took place along the slopes of Nyiragongo. The extremely fluid lava flowed over a great distance. Predicting the volcano's eruptions has become a vital challenge for the people living in its shadow. Since 2003, a team of volcano enthusiasts has been helping scientists better understand the African giant. is located in the African Rift Valley and is part of Virunga National Park, which was classified as a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1979. It rises 3,470 meters and looms over the town of Goma, 20 kilometers away. Of the 1,521 active volcanoes on our planet, only seven have permanent lava lakes. Nyiragongos is the largest. A lava lake is the summit of a column of molten matter rising from a magma chamber deep within the earth. On the 17th of January 2002, at five in the morning, fissures suddenly tore through the slopes of Nyiragongo. 25 million cubic meters of magma poured out at a speed of 60 kilometers an hour. The lava lake emptied out, causing its crater to collapse. The Goma Volcanological Observatory sounded the alarm. But within a few hours, the eruption had destroyed 14 villages and cut the town of Goma in two, killing 150 people. Unfortunately, no clear sign made it possible to predict such a huge eruption. In 1977, lava flows had already killed over 600 people. These two eruptions, similar in type, justify intensified monitoring. July 2003, over a year after the disaster, members of the Geneva Volcanological Society, a group of volcano enthusiasts accustomed to the difficult terrain, were among the first to climb back up Nyiragongo. Marc Caillé is an electrician by training. Pierre Vetch, a geologist. Whew. 
Pierre-Yves Bourgui is a computer expert. This is their first climb up the volcano. The volcanologist Jacques Durieux, who is based in Goma, is already on site. Tasked by the UN to coordinate scientific research with the Goma Volcanological Observatory, he has come to observe the upheavals caused by the eruption. through the gas has reappeared. How can one modelize its activity and predict the next eruption? It's a vital issue for the region and will require years of research and work on the ground. Jacques Durieux asks members of the team from Geneva to accompany him on his next mission up to Niragongo. It's a wonderful opportunity for the three men to put their passion at the service of science. In 2004, a first mission is organized between Geneva, Paris, and Goma. The adventure finally begins atop the legendary volcano. But on the very day the team arrives at the summit, they are attacked by 40 armed rebels. All of their equipment is stolen, and after exchanging fire, the volcanologists and enthusiasts are left with nothing at an altitude of 3,470 meters. Months of preparation have gone up in smoke. The mission abruptly ends. Despite the bad experience of the previous year, the whole team is back to climb Africa's most active volcano. This is the start of an adventure that will last for 10 years. People from the village of Kibati carry equipment 1,500 meters up the volcano. At the summit, the temperature has dropped. It's cold at an altitude of 3,470 meters, even in the heart of Africa. An imposing column of gas escapes from the crater. Combined with the altitude and the tropical climate, it transforms the summit into a cloudy trap. last eruption shook up the inside of the crater. When it emptied out entirely in 2002, the lake took part of the crater with it. In May 2002, a new lake appeared at the bottom of a gaping hole 1,000 meters deep. Deep down, huge quantities of gas are dissolved in the molten matter. As it rises, the gas forms into bubbles, which rapidly increase in size. They burst when they reach the surface, releasing numerous chemical compounds, such as sulfur dioxide, a very powerful acid. The level of the lake has risen over 200 meters in three years. Jacques Barthélemy has worked with Jacques Durieux for years. As the mission's logistical expert, he works with the team to prepare the descent into the crater. After a two-hour descent over highly unstable slopes, they reach a platform 200 meters below in a supernatural setting.
This huge terrace made of ancient lava is a vestige from a time when the level of the lake was much higher. Jacques Durieux adds to his store of photographs a precious database about the crater's evolution. Seeing a lava lake spring up again and following its evolving morphology is a fascinating adventure. The mission has precise goals to evaluate changes to the lake and to analyze gases to determine their acid concentration. The volcanologist Harun Taziev was the first person to descend into Nyaragongo. In 1959, he revealed the lava lake's glowing red waves in his film Encountering the Devil. Research on the volcano made essential contributions that confirm the importance of gas in eruptive events. Visual observations, topographical measurements, and gas and rock samples must be collected on every mission to try to understand the workings of a lava lake, a rare and little understood phenomenon. It has proven to be an immense undertaking. Several days have gone by. A gigantic plume of gas and vapor rises continually from the volcano. Marc Caillé has returned to the summit and is helping Georgina Sawyer, an English volcanologist, analyze the gases. Measurements show that Nyiragongo belches out an astounding 70,000 tons of sulfur dioxide every day. Meanwhile, halfway down the crater wall, Jacques Barthélemy and Jacques Duriot install barometers, anemometers, and gas sensors to analyze the acid rain polluting the water on the volcano's slopes. Est-ce que tu as ici un collier Pas d'autres clés plates. C'est tout ce qu'on a comme clés plates. Exposed to sulfuric, hydrochloric and hydrofluoric acids and heavy metals, the tired team doesn't linger once the job is done. In 2006, the level of the lake continues to rise. Moved by internal forces, rafts of cooler, solidified lava drift around on the magma with incandescent fountains bubbling up between them.
times, the magma rises with such force that the lake spills out of its cauldron. It's an exhilarating spectacle, but the constantly rising level is cause for concern. As it increases, the pressure exerted by the column of magma could once again fracture Niragongo's slopes. On the volcano's slopes, the size of the fissures is regularly measured by members of the Goma Volcanological Observatory. A number of seismographs are placed around the volcano to measure the movement of the ground. Interpreting the seismic signals produced by such a volcano is a complex affair. You have to distinguish those due to the activity of the lava lake from those caused by tremors made by the faults of the rift, a zone of intense movement in the Earth's crust. The camp on the Great Terrace offers every comfort, a flat surface, underfloor heating, and permanent lighting. The only animal life in the volcano, crows come to scrounge a few crumbs near the tents. Vetch and Marc Caillé move about the terrace to get some shots of the lava spills, a very rare sight to behold. The fractures along the platform can sometimes measure over 20 meters deep. Sometimes disguised by ash, they require constant vigilance. Jacques Durieux continues mission after mission to photograph the slightest changes in the lake. Like all active volcanoes, Nyiragongo's morphology is constantly changing. The volcanologist and geochemist Dario Tedesco has come to take samples of acidic fumes. Their temperature and composition indicate whether the magma is rising at other points on the crater. installed by Harun Taziev half a century earlier are still sturdy and help them back to the summit. Twenty ten, the new mission is on such a scale that over a hundred village porters are needed to carry the equipment to the summit. 
But a frequent visitor to Nuragongo is missing. Jacques Durieux died suddenly in 2009 after devoting so many years to the volcano. Dario Tedesco has taken over the task of coordinating projects for the Goma Observatory and UNOPS, an arm of the UN responsible for natural dangers. Our team of volcano enthusiasts is also present. They've become indispensable to the scientists for descending into the crater. Three long years without seeing the lake. What level will it be at now? The camp at the summit provides a dizzying view of the huge crater, over a kilometer across and 450 meters deep. The lake has never been so high and wide since the 2002 eruption. This year, it's hemmed in by a wall approximately 10 meters high, built up by ejections of lava. The next morning, it's the old routine along the crater ridge. The 200-meter descent down the rock face to the middle terrace is soon complete. Another 90 meters and Mark will be at the campsite. A second rope helps lower 500 kilograms of equipment. It takes two days to transport over a thousand meters of rope, their food for 10 days and 250 liters of water, along with the scientific equipment and all the camping gear. Two men who are at home on volcanoes Tour guide Franck Poté and photographer Olivier Grunewald have come as reinforcements. As usual, Dario Tedesco is taking gas samples at different spots of the platform in order to detect any changes in their composition. expert measures the dimensions of the lake with a laser telemeter. A diameter of 240 meters. Now he can estimate the volume of magma in the lake. No less than 8 million cubic meters. On the third day, the team is ready to take a new step. The ambition for this mission is to reach the bottom of the crater for the first time and gather samples of lava and gas near the lake. These samples will provide a better understanding of their composition. They climb down a first 12-meter shelf without a problem. 
but the next descent is a real challenge. and growls behind its low wall. Mark and Frank take samples of gas and lumps of cooled lava. Analysis of the radioactive isotopes of certain chemical elements will help better understand the circulation of lava in the magma chamber. This chemical signature of Niragongo's magma can be compared to that of other volcanoes, especially the nearby Nyumulagira, which at the moment also has a lava lake. This low wall provides an ideal opportunity to try a new challenge. Making the most of a calm spell, Marc Cahier makes a first attempt, closely watched by his teammates on the platform. stood on the shore of the new lake. Finding himself alone on the shore of the world's largest lava lake. A wild dream has come true. Also making it to the edge of the lake, a hypnotized Olivier gets pictures of the raging flood. the spectacle overwhelms him, making him lose touch with reality for a few minutes. Animated by unseen forces, its surface ripples, swells and tears, throwing out lumps of matter at a temperature over 1,200 degrees. 
Even in the suit, it's impossible to withstand such temperatures for more than a few minutes. In 2011, the team is installing a camera that will film the crater's activity around the clock. One more monitoring device at the disposal of the Goma Observatory. Marc, Pierre-Yves and Olivier are preparing antennas and solar panels. 24 hours later, the equipment is ready to be lowered down. and camera is a real high-wire act. It takes three days.
Alors, on va tester maintenant si la caméra répond. Elle répond, le ping est bon. The next day, the team goes down to take samples in a thick cloud of gas. The level hasn't changed much, but the low wall around it has completely disappeared probably carried away by a particularly large overspill. from the bottom of the crater. They all run out of their tents, where they encounter dense exhalations of gas escaping from the lake. The lake has collapsed, dropping 25 meters in less than a minute. Bubbles of gas, 40 meters across, burst through the surface. Is this the beginning of an eruption? Despite the stressful night, they decide to climb down to the bottom of the crater. There, they find a new setting. The level has dropped even further since last night's collapse. It's now at the bottom of a pit 45 meters deep. It's hard to understand such a variation in level, but this sudden drop could be explained by the presence of a thick layer of gas deep below. As long as this layer is stable, the level will not change. But if the gas escapes, the level drops all at once. Gas samples are taken once again. Notes and measurements jotted down, and huge numbers of photos recorded on memory cards. Repetitive work of this kind is indispensable for the research to move forward.
Once at the summit, the team spends hours testing the radio transmission of the camera. But in vain. The system doesn't work. A major disappointment. They will have to return. The plane tickets have been purchased, but war breaks out. The M23 rebellion against the DR Congo government makes any mission impossible. Two thousand fifteen. Four years pass before the team can return. The end of the rebellion has left the area in chaos. Refugees have poured into Goma which now has a population of over one million. The town has spread towards the volcano, complicating evacuation plans in case of an eruption. The seismographs placed around Nyaragongo were wrecked during the rebellion. As a result, work on the ground has become even more important. The team that's been helping the scientists for over 10 years rediscovers the grandeur of this mineral landscape and the acrid smell of the acidic gases. The level of the lake hasn't changed since 2011, but the plume of gas is much less dense. Is the activity diminishing? Jacques Barthélemy directs operations. Still heavily laden, the team is equipped with technological innovations for the experiments in the crater. 3D reconstructions, thermal camera, ultra-precise GPS equipment. on the second terrace. It's almost become a ritual. Next morning, the team, as motivated as ever, heads to the bottom of the crater. Pierre-Yves Bourgui makes the most of any window of visibility to measure the lake's dimensions. 
260 meters by 230 and 60 meters deep. A slight difference compared to the last mission. Olivier Grunewald is tasked with setting up a camera linked to a barometer amid gusts of wind. It will take a picture of the lake every minute to follow changes in level in relation to atmospheric pressure in order to gauge how the release of volcanic gases depends on the surrounding pressure. Raphael Paris a volcanologist from the Magma et Volcan Laboratory in Clermont-Ferrand has joined the team. With a thermal camera, he spots the slightest changes in temperature, which appear in color on his computer. This very special job of weeding the landscape helps to identify high temperature zones to be watched. Raphael also records GPS points with great precision in order to use a large number of photos to create a 3D reconstruction of the entire volcano. This new technology makes it easier to visualize the complex topography and to follow the morphological changes that occur. Lava flows, collapses and deformations caused by rising magma. Volcanologists and enthusiasts have made it possible to gather a huge amount of observations, measurements, photographs, and samples. So much vital scientific data for understanding this very special volcano and to perhaps predict future eruptions.
this collaboration between scientists and volcano nuts is a first. Together, they watched the rebirth, growth, and even the collapse of the world's largest lava lake. There's still much to be done. The African giant hasn't revealed all its secrets yet, but driven by their passion, the team is already dreaming of its next journey to the center of the earth.